Welcome to the Business Focus Podcast. Before we start, can we ask one thing? 74% of you that watch this channel frequently do not subscribe. If you've enjoyed our videos, please could you do me a favor and hit the subscribe button? It helps this channel more than you know, and the bigger the channel gets, the bigger the learning gets. Welcome to the Business Focus Podcast. Jonathan Herbs is the host of the Business Focus Podcast. He is a strategic advisor, coach, and mentor to entrepreneurial business owners, CEOs, and senior executives. In this podcast, he chats with entrepreneurs, founders, and CEOs of scaling companies. It centers around their entrepreneurial journey so far and their aspirations for their companies. Today, it's my great pleasure to introduce Nikki Beaumont, who's founder and CEO of Beaumont People. Hi, Nikki. Hi. Hi. Thanks very much, Jonathan. And I'm very envious of Nikki. She's working from uh, uh, her second base, which is in, in sort of um, almost up on the Queensland border. So you can see the sunshine in the background. Yeah, it's actually my first place. I'm here permanently now. I, I get down to Sydney occasionally, but uh, yeah, here full time now. Oh, great. great. Well, we might talk about that. Um, but let, let's start with, you know, tell us a bit about what you do and how long you've been doing it. Uh, so yeah, I'm CEO and founder of a recruitment business called Beaumont People. Um, losing the name that I'm the founder there. I uh, couldn't think of anything smarter at the time. And um, that's 22 years. So um, yeah, 22 years of um, running this beautiful recruitment business. Uh, we're a team of about 75 and cover all of Australia, but mostly well known on the Eastern Seaboard. Yeah. Yeah. Fabulous. Um, and so let's let's explore that a little, a little bit. So recruitment covers, you know, can cover anything. Yeah, who is your core, your best, um, your best customer client, um, and 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 uh, who who would you uh, trade off with? Yeah, and um, well, obviously, as a recruitment business, our clients are both um, candidates and clients. So, um, but I'll I'll speak from a client perspective. We specialize in a number of main areas, so we're, we're well known. Um, to the work that we do in the charity sector, covering all roles within the charity sector, within education, um, health and community services, and uh, associations and memberships and technology. So um, those are the areas that we're, we're best known for. But we do work with um, all types of organizations. We recruit the corporate head office staff, so not your skilled, um, not your laborers, and not your hospitality, but... It's mostly your corporate staff, from your very junior to the most senior CEOs, board directors, and and pretty much everything in between. Right. So um, we mentioned that you're you're sitting um, uh, in the twenty five degree heat, um, enjoying life. Um, so yeah, we're all been through the pandemic. Um, what were some of the uh, some of the actions you took during the pandemic that have stuck with the business? Yeah. And. Um, I, mean, I think the main thing is absolutely around the flexibility of working from home. Um, we've continued with that flexibility. Um, we still have offices, although some people have let their offices go. We still do encourage our teams to come together. Um, but certainly, I spend more time um, up here in the Northern Rivers and don't need to go down to Sydney every second week, as I was doing. Um, we also have people based up in the Northern Rivers who look after roles in Sydney. Whereas previously, you know, that would have been primarily Sydney, which is our preference, but, you know, we, uh, we, that has been a big change for us. I think the other main thing is actually we launched it just before the pandemic, which was the four-day week. And I think um, the pandemic and our, our time working our way through that, I think really just helped us 
um, embed the four-day week successfully. And I think it, it made us realize actually how valuable it was, particularly during the pandemic when often we were all working from home, was to take that day, to take that break, to take our, ourselves away from the screen for an entire day through the, through the working week. And we've continued that even though we're, we're back in the office and hopefully we'll continue that well into the future. Can we dive into that? Because, you know, this is, I think your interview 86-ish um, and I've had no one actually has adopted the four-day four working week. Um, tell me a bit about um, how it works. Sure. Look, we adapted it in February 20. We were one of the first companies in Australia, one of the early adopters. So you'll, you can find, if you Google me, you can actually probably find a number of podcasts and interviews about um, how we have implemented the four-day week anyway. But essentially, um, it's where um, you get paid for five days and you work four. Now, these are four normal days, they're not four extended days. We're not trying to compress the five-day week into the four. What we are doing with the four-day week is looking for ways that we can all be more productive with the time that we have. So it's been useful with the time that we have and being more productive on an individual and a personal level with how we spend our time, but also from an organizational level, what support um, we've put in over the years and we've continued to learn of opportunities where we can do things differently to be more effective with the time that we have. So, um, so um, yeah, we uh, we run the four-day week and we have done now four. It's getting on for our three and a half years and uh, love it. Would never look back. Okay. Um, uh, for all our dinosaurs, you know, oh, I shouldn't be doing that. So we're not only extra hours, we're paying for five days, four days work. I'm assuming um, how... The same productivity targets. How do you actually? Yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly the same productivity targets. So you know, it is about productivity. This is about measuring people in terms of their outcomes and what their outcomes are supposed to be, rather than the time that they're working. Um, and that's one of the most complicated and difficult things I think it's for organisations and for ourselves. To go, okay, let's look at every role individually and what are the actual outcomes. You know, let's measure so that we can measure those, define them, and measure them. So that was actually quite tricky in the beginning. Some roles are easier, some roles are harder, um, but that's what we work with. And um, you know, while you're achieving your desired productivity outcomes, you get to do the four-day week. But of course, if you're not achieving those, then the four-day week isn't available for you. And um, and we measure it on a month-to-month basis. So yeah, that's the way that it works for us. Um, and yeah, there's no better carrot to Dan Ball than if you yeah. get to your productivity outcomes, you get to do four days. Right. Does everybody have the same day off? No, everybody chooses their days as they go along. So it varies. We actually, initially when we first launched the four-day week, we planned the day that people had off or the teams planned it. Now we just let the teams work it out between themselves. They cover for each other. and They all know that if they absolutely need to work in their, their day off, then they have to be available to do so if something happens or they're needed or the, you know, one of their colleagues needs to ask them a question. But um we let the teams organize it between themselves. And we trust them. I mean, a massive amount of making the four-day week successful is based on trust. You know, it's based on people um, you know, doing the work that they need to do to get the desired outcomes, you know. so um, And I think once you've really embedded that trust in your organization, and that's 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 better than, than anything ever, than any four-day week could be, is people feeling that they're trusted to do the job that they're doing. You, you know, you support them, but you let them get on with it. You know, nobody's looking over their shoulder every five minutes to check that they're doing what they're doing. 
we're all in it together. We all know what we've got to do. We all pull together to make it happen. So, so I want to explore, explore one other bit, Nikki. Um, you know, and having had pretty much all all, all my clients, um, except for those in industries where they have to be there, but during the pandemic, pretty much everybody went remote. Now, there's all of this um, controversy now with you know, CBA, as an example, wanting to bring people back 50% of the time and the staff are up in arms, or some of the staff are up in arms. Um, the argument, or one of the key arguments for bringing the staff back is, you know, collaboration, you know, brainstorming as a team, um, you know, career, uh, leadership development, et cetera. How do you work within Beaumont people? Uh, you know, you've got people remote. But how, do, how does that work? Yeah, look, we um, we have a, a very flexible model in that we don't insist that people come in particularly. We try not to, although we'd like to. I understand the reasons why companies go, you know what? We highly encourage people to come in this our winter event. Um, on a, on a, for obviously all of the same reasons and all the good reasons, but um, in addition to that, I would add connectivity, you know, getting connected to the role, the organisation, the team, and all of those good things too. Um, we we do insist when new people join the business that they spend more time in the office, and, and often it's a full-time role in the office um, as much as possible while people are learning um, to integrate in a new business and how we do things and, and being able to give them the support. So we do prefer to ask people in, in, in their early stages. And we also, if people are struggling at any point so that we can give them the support you know they can sit next to somebody else and learn from them and have somebody who can help them along their journey um, and, and give them the more close support that you just don't get when you're working from home and you're on your own so so we try to work it in the, with an adult professional pet on our shoulders um, you know yes there are some people that come in more than others um, but we're trying to make sure that we say to everybody couple of days a week is what we'd really like. Um, and for all of these reasons, um, when we talk about flexibility, we go, try and manage your time and energy with what's best for yourself, what's best for your team, and what's best for your business, and what's best for your clients. So we ask everybody to consider all of those things when they determine whether they're working from home or whether they're working in the office. And they can work around, look, if I've got back-to-back -back meetings, I might as well have that as being home day. But if I'm free and can do some team some team meetings, maybe that's one of my in the office days. So we do give everybody the flexibility. As I say, it's highly encouraged. And we're avoiding actually setting a rule like CBA have done for all of the reasons that CBA are finding now. It doesn't necessarily suit everybody. Um, I also believe that it's better to manage people individually. You know, 75% of the workforce are coming in couple of days as we highly encourage working together, enjoying the time when they, they come in. And there's a handful of people that are not. Well, manage those a handful of people that are not rather than brushstroke a policy or a rule across the entire organization. Um, because there are some reasons why people, you know, can't or don't necessarily want to come in two days every single week. And, and I think it's good to meet people at a human level um, and talk to people individually rather than always brush straight with a policy. Thank you. I think that'll, that'll really help a lot, a lot of the listeners. Um, in you know, all aspects of that, what turned out to be a very long answer, so I appreciate it. Yeah. I think you've got to remember that people's expectations are different now. You know, people have learned, they've had to adapt over the pandemic. They've had to work from home. They had no choice. They've had to make it work. 
and they've learned what works for them and what they like, you know. And people will think with their feet, you know. People will go, well, if it's not going to suit me, they will leave and they will go elsewhere and we're still in a very talented short market. I don't know, I'm in recruitment. Um, You know, so um, I think if you are so strict with people with so many policies, you can probably expect to have some turnover. Yeah, no, it's interesting. My, my team are, you know, totally remote. You know, as I mentioned earlier, I, I live in Barrow, which is sort of regional New South Wales. And um, uh, I've got team members in about my, um, uh, one of my key key assistants is in Brisbane. I've got um, the video video editor in, in, in Ukraine. You know, I'm doing a bit for the Ukraine. I've got two staff in, in, in Ukraine as an example. So it, it gives different challenges. So, um, the future, what's it looked like for, um, uh, for the business and what do you see as your main challenges going forward? It depends which angle you look at, really. I mean, look, sort of the future from a talent perspective, um, the media would lead us to believe that we're coming into some difficult times and there's redundancies ahead and a downturn, of course. So, you know, if you, if you listen to all of that, then that may well be the future for the next however many years of recession. I don't know. Um, I try not to read too much of it myself. Um, but I think the future is that organisations particularly need to be more mindful of the people that are working there and actually meet them at a human level. Um, I think the organisations that are more people-focused will be the ones that thrive. Um, the, the leaders who support their people and meet their people at a human level are the leaders that will thrive. And those that don't, you know, that still work in the, the old-fashioned, you know, rule, rule with the uh, iron fist and, and beat the stick will not thrive because people won't put up with it and won't well work for them anymore. And people, you know, some people want more flexibility than others. Some people are in a role for the, the success, the, the challenge, the career opportunities. Everybody's different. Um, but I think, um, I think we'll continue to see a shift in, in the way that we work. Um, continue with more and more flexibility offered for people and different ways of working. You know, the old roles of a nine to five, five day a week uh, work week, um, you know, are already gone. But I think I think that will continue. Um, the job flow and the the talent markets. You know, how will that go? Um, we're still seeing it's a relatively short talent market out there. I mean, we're still seeing it's a tight market. We're still seeing clients go, I just can't find people. Um, you know, so. Hopefully, you know, that continues for a while for us as recruiters because that's, that's where we're our most useful. Um, but, you know, that, that's, that's how I see it, yeah. Well, if it's sending up to you, I um, yeah, I obviously catch CEOs and, and founders and, and uh, leadership teams. And, uh, okay, my clients, you know, they're um, self-selecting and that they want to scale up their businesses. Um, but they are all growing and all actively featured uh, for, for teams and leaders and staff. Um, yeah. Across the board, yeah, strong competition out there, and the strong ones who do do the right things and look after their people will be the the ones that thrive. Yeah, right. I totally agree. So, what do you think has been your biggest learning since you've been a business business um, owner? Well, twenty two years, there's been a lot of learnings. Tom, it can be on for another couple of hours. I mean, look in my in my earlier career, if we, you know, I'm I'm twenty two years in now, but in my earlier career of a business owner. I think one of the things is just making sure you spend your time on the activities that are going to lead you where you want to go. Um, I see so many people when they're setting up businesses who spend a lot of time getting all of the periphery stuff, you know, working on all the admin stuff, making the website look stunning and, 
you know, you could spend hours um, planning things with forms. I'm a bit of a just get on and do it, you know, and uh, you'll make mistakes along the way. What you think you need now, you probably won't need in a year or two's time, you know. So spend your energy on doing the things that's actually going to lead you to the outcomes. You know, I could spend hours refining our terms of business and all of our policies, or I could go out there and meet CEOs and talk to them and develop relationships at that level. You know, where, where should I really be spending my time? The e was a great book to read all those years ago. Um, I remember that one well. So in my early days, that as obviously as a business leader, 22 years in now, I mean, I think you just cannot get away from the fact that, you know, for me, I'm 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 in the people business, but it is people who make your business. You know, I, it really is the quality of the people that you hire and the way that you support them and understand them and and have them working to their strengths. You know, really, that makes all the difference. And I've had times in it, throughout my business when I've not done that well. Yeah. Um, you know, and for somebody who's supposedly a great recruiter, you know, there's times at my business that I haven't recruited the best people. Um, I don't feel that I'm in, in that place now. I really do feel like I have the best recruitment team that I've ever had. Um, and that's when I get business success is the people around me. It's not me. I'm one of 75. You know, you know great, I can lead the team, but it's actually the team that do the work. And it's recruiting and retaining and supporting and giving them the best opportunity, that's my job. So there's three great points there. Right people. Um, Second piece is, and I'll paraphrase it from one of my mentors, everything is downstream of lead generation. Um, And the third is that book, Michael, um, The Emith Revisited by Michael Gerber. Um, Fabulous, fabulous book. All entrepreneurs should read. Um, It's essentially about, well, how do you get what's in here out into processes that can be rep- uh, that can be replicated and you know so you can grow your business yeah and don't just get on and do the business yourself actually look at it from above look down at your business and what's going on so that you can remember it from that perspective particularly no, great point um the difficult question for you when you think of the word successful who comes to mind and why uh, well, running that to tell me you're going to ask me, it's like, oh, I don't know. You know, you think of lots of different people, but um, I'm going to say David Attenborough um, because, hey, God, what he, that man is a legend. Mm. You know, if you watch any of his current stuff, and of course these days you just hear his voice and you hear some great videography, but looking at what he's achieved over his life, and I think where he's at now, you know, from how he's developed from somebody that went and, you know, took took animals from the wild and brought them back to the Natural History Museum, you know, to where he is now really trying to educate us in terms of, you know, climate change and, and what we're doing to the planet. Um, I think if a lot more people actually got onto Netflix and listened to or wherever they watch it, YouTube, and actually listened to what David Attenborough's got to say and paid attention to it, the world would be in yeah, he, he's my man. Uh, I just think, um, you know, gosh, how old is he now and he's still going? Yeah, I think he's late like 80s or all 90s, I think. Man. Absolutely. You know, and he's still working and he's still um, narrating, you know, all, all the videography's been done in the background and you don't see him as much, but yeah, he's my man. And it's really interesting because the other part of that, not only is he a you know, fabulously purpose-driven 
and getting this so important word out there. Um, and have been doing it, you know, for 60, 70 years. But if you think about the team around him, you know, his organization, whether they be directly employed by him or his companies or whatever, yeah, you know, he would have hundreds, maybe thousands of staff in that, you know, to produce this stuff and promote this stuff, et cetera. It's a, it's a serious business as well. And he's still very much a humble man and lives a very humble existence from what I have read. Yeah. So, uh, good on you. Yeah, totally great. Yeah, you don't, yeah, money can only take you so far. Um, are you a reader? Are there any business books or podcasts? I'm not a great reader. I will, I'll be honest, I'm not a great reader from business books perspective. Um, but I, when I do read a book, I, a, a business book, I mean, I, I'm one of these people who is busy, doesn't like to sit down too much, have a wonderful life in 120 acres, so that keeps me busy when I'm not working. But I have read a number of business books recently, um, so I can share with you. In fact, I have one with me. And Meaningful Work, yeah. which is was written by my managing director, Nina Mapsenberg, recently released only a few weeks ago. So that's my most recent book that I've read. Um, and happened to be quoted in it. But what I love about that book is it is suitable for everybody, um, whether you're a business person or, you know, whether you're looking for a new job or in a new job or in a job and thinking, am I in the right job? Um, what we see in recruitment is that there's an awful lot of people who are just in jobs and they've never actually stopped to go, why am I doing this work? Is this what I should be doing? And, um, of course we all know that your work makes such a difference. So that's my number one recommendation. And I believe it's on audio books. The other book, two books actually, which I've loved and certainly set me on the path was Pastor Purpose and by Carolyn Butler Madden, which is all about, uh, as businesses and as business leaders, what are we doing to make an impact in the world? You know, what are we actually doing? Are we just here to make profit? Um, are we just here to employ people? Are we just here to fix washing machines or whatever it might be? Well, what actually, what's our part in the world? What's the bigger picture? What's the impact that we can actually make using the skills that we have? So um, when I read Carolyn Butler Madden's book, I loved it so much. I went straight back to the beginning and I read it all again, um, right. which I very rarely do. And she right. then writes a second book and as, as quoted as in it in a whole chapter called Love and Money because she believes that Businesses who um, actually love and thrive on love within their business are more successful those than businesses that are just for the money. So hopefully there's some good recommendations for your reading. What was the second book, the, the title, please? For Love and Money. Love and money. Yeah, so Carolyn Butler-Madden, Path to Purpose for Love and Money, and Nina Matson-Burns. Great. Thank you. There's three I haven't read, so I'll, 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 you've added to my uh, ever-growing pile. <laughs> um, right, last question. Um, any last piece of advice or parting words um, to entrepreneurs out there or, or aspiring entrepreneurs? A couple of things. I think one would be invest in your own leadership skills, number one, because, um, and you know, exactly what you're doing. Listen to broadcasts, read. I didn't read enough. I read a bit now. I am 22 years in, but still. But invest in yourself because, um, you know, you need to continue to learn and invest in yourself if you're going to become or be the best business leader that you can be. 
number two would be, and it's not one above the other, would be look after your people. Place your people first. Um, it's to really respect and look after your people. Hire them well, nurture them, support them well, get to know them, love your people um, because they're really your business. And yeah. that's the way I see it. So, um, yeah. Look right. Two bits of advice. Thank you so much. So, um, actually, one final bit of question. So, if someone wants to um, uh, hire Beaumont people or want to put the FCV to you, how do, what's the best way of going about it? Well, if you go to our website, BeaumontPeople.com.au, you'll be able to connect in there and find out who's the appropriate person for you to speak to because obviously there's lots of people in different um, who specialise in different areas. So the website, BeaumontPeople.com.au, would be a really good place to start. Fabulous. Nikki, thank you so much. Thank you. No, thank you for the opportunity. It's been great. It's been a great conversation. I really enjoyed it. All right. Thank you. Cheers. If you were hearing this message, you've listened to the entire episode. And for that, we want to thank you from the bottom of our hearts. We hope you enjoyed this new episode. And if you did, please leave us a review on YouTube, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify, or wherever you watch slash listen. Please share this episode with others who may be interested in this topic. If you want to be a guest on the podcast, please send an email to admin at scaleupgrowth.co. Put be a guest in the subject line and tell me a little about yourself. If you want to gauge where your business growth potential is and identify where the biggest opportunities in your business lie or where the key needs that you need to concentrate on right now are, take our assessment where you will receive personalized advice for improvement. It's quick and free. Go to scaleupgrowth.scoreapp.com. If you would like to work with me one-to-one, I love coaching and get the best outcomes that way. Send me an email to jonathan at scaleupgrowth.co and put one-to-one in the heading. Tell me a bit about your business and let's see how we can apply a great strategy for your business. So that's it for this week. Tune in next time for more great learnings from a scaling entrepreneur.